Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. A blessed Easter to you all. My name is Carl Galenzi, and I'm one of the pastors at Community Christian Reformed Church in Kitchener, Ontario. It's my privilege to preach the message this morning from my home, so welcome to my home. This message is accompanied by an order of worship, including a song playlist that can be found on the Church at Home link on our website, ccrc.on.ca. Thank you for joining us in worship on this special day. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 28, the verses 1 through 10. Matthew 28, the verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. He came, they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, how strange this Easter Sunday morning is. We're used to going to well-attended worship services where there are loud proclamations about the resurrection. We're used to going to worship services where there are many different, different instruments and many voices all proclaiming that Jesus has risen from the dead. Easter is the morning that we crank up the volume on hymns such as Christ the Lord is risen today. But this year, 2020, we're not finding ourselves cranking up the volume in church, in packed churches, joyfully singing our Easter hymns. Instead, we're at home, each in our own place, some alone, some as couples, some as families, but there's really no one else around. We're isolated one from another on a morning when our compulsion is to be together in large crowds in celebration. And we're not in our own homes because we want to be there or because we thought this might be a novel way in which to pass the time this Easter but we're in our own homes because we're told to stay home. Easter 2020 finds us in the midst of a pandemic and we all hear the prime minister's words ringing in our ears, go home and stay home. We need to flatten the curve, so stay home. 
And so other than an occasional trip to a grocery store or pharmacy or perhaps to an essential job, our worlds have become very small for we are now home. There's really no place to go anyway because everything is closed. And in our homes, we are watching as the virus has continued its relentless creep. And that relentless creep and some of the projections concerning what could be has tended to fill us with a certain amount of fear or dread about going anywhere near anyone else. We don't want to catch the virus. We have no interest in getting ill, and so we stay put. Even those who are still working in what have been deemed as, as essential services go to work and come home with a certain amount of fear that they may have caught or somehow be transmitting the virus to their family members. Around the globe, tens of thousands have died of the virus. And many of our conversations are about illness and death. Indeed, these are very strange and fear-filled days. Days filled with lament concerning all the things that we have lost in terms of lives lost and lost freedoms and ability to be with each other in person and so on. The virus has taken so much from us. So we lament and we mourn. So as we think about the resurrection gospel this year, we do so in a very different context than in previous years. As we think about the resurrection gospel this year, it's much quieter than in previous years and much more intimate. And perhaps our context this year may give us a little bit of a glimpse into what things were like that very first Easter. Because for the disciples of Jesus, it was a very strange, fear-filled, lament-filled, mournful time as well. Like us, in a very short period of time, they had lost a lot. From freedom to isolation, from normalcy to witnessing strange things. Now, they were not dealing with a creeping virus. But like us, they were dealing with what seemed to be a collapsing world. And that collapsing world caught them, caused them much grief, and it caused them to isolate from the authorities. For some time prior to the story we read today, the disciples had followed Jesus, listening to his teachings and watching as he performed many wonders and signs. But then came the day that Jesus had been arrested, at which point Matthew records in Matthew 26, all the disciples deserted him and fled. In terror and fear, they ran away. But this was not how things were supposed to go. As we note from the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they walked home with faces downcast. Questioning as to why they were downcast, they talked about Jesus being arrested and crucified and dying. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And they didn't say it as such, but they inferred that they were perhaps kind of disappointed and 
maybe wrong in having put their hope in Jesus. And then to top all of it off, they had now also heard that the body was gone and those at the tomb had received a vision, something they really didn't know what to do with. But certainly everything that they had hoped for and everything they had lived about had gone out the window, all in a matter of days. The disciples were confused by what had happened, and they were afraid of the authorities, and so they did everything they could to remain out of the spotlight in order to preserve their lives. And as they gathered together in secret, they must have talked endlessly about what had happened, just like we talk endlessly about the virus that is affecting our world. They had witnessed Jesus being beaten, mocked, tried, led out to be crucified at the hands of the Romans, all like some common low-down criminal. A number of them had witnessed the final hours of Jesus' life, and it had been a horrible, slow, painful, dying process. Those at the cross had been witnesses to the strange darkness that had covered the land as they witnessed their beloved Jesus cry out to God in his agony. And as they watched, he breathed his last. And then as Matthew recorded in chapter 27, at the time of Jesus' death, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs. What was happening? We think the coronavirus is freaky. And then, in a hurry... In order to meet the Sabbath day deadline, Jesus had been placed in a tomb and a large stone rolled in front of the entrance to the grave. Much like deaths were dealt, are dealt with in this pandemic, the burial of Jesus was quick with just a handful of people present. There wasn't even time for a proper handling of the body. There was no funeral or memorial service, just a quick burial with plans to finish the task once the Sabbath was over. How the disciples must have lamented what had happened. How they must have mourned. And then, after the Sabbath on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who had been present at Jesus' burial went to the tomb where Jesus had been hastily buried to carry out one of the final unfinished deeds of kindness to the one they had come to love as their master and friend. With them, they carried the spices and the salve needed for embalming. And there they went early that Sunday morning, filled with grief. But they must have also been filled with a certain amount of fear because there must have been times when they perhaps looked over their shoulders to see if they were being followed or to see if Jesus' enemies were nearby. And even as they traveled to the garden, their minds must have been filled with questions. Questions like, who will roll the stone away and thereby give us access to the body? And what about the guards? What are we to do with them? Perhaps their minds were also filled with questions like those posed on the road to Emmaus later that day. What just happened here on Thursday and Friday? What had become of the promises of God in the kingdom of heaven? 
What had become of all the things Jesus represented? Was Jesus who he said he was? Was he the Messiah? If so, why did he have to die? And of course, the big question, what now? Their world was upside down and darkness was all about them. The enemy seemed to be so strong. The Jewish leaders had finally found their opportunity to see Jesus, seize Jesus and get rid of him. Judas, one of their own, or so they thought, had betrayed Jesus and Peter had publicly denied knowing him. Everything they had expected had come to a grinding halt. The Romans had carried out a simple execution to ensure that there would be peace in the land. Well, maybe they had succeeded in stopping any sort of riots, but there was no peace in the hearts of the women or in the hearts of the other disciples. Instead, only confusion and fear. What would happen to them? What next? Well, as the women were traveling to the garden, or perhaps even before they started traveling to the garden, something happened in that garden. There was a violent earthquake, and an angel of the Lord came and rolled away the stone from the tomb and sat on it. Matthew tells us that his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. Heaven intervened, and the guards couldn't handle it. They were so afraid of the angel that they shook and they became like dead men. The enemies of the Lord fell as though dead in the presence of the heavenly visitor. And note that there was no statement to them to not be afraid. They were very afraid indeed, and they had reason to be afraid. Thinking that somehow a human guard could stop the resurrection of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings was ludicrous enemies of the Lord and of the plan of salvation have every reason to be afraid. And then it seems the women filled with their grief and questions finally arrived. And they were about to get answers to some of their questions, but not really in the way they thought they would get them. Something obviously had happened at the tomb and it became apparent that the spices and the salves they were carrying would not be needed, nor would their tears be appropriate, because those things are only appropriate things in the face of death. But there was no death here anymore. As they arrived at the tomb, the angel spoke to them and brought a message that they needed to hear, and a message that they really weren't prepared to hear. Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. To God's people came the message, do not be afraid. You have nothing to fear. And yet the rolled away stone, the like dead guards, and the angel and his message must have sent shivers up and down the spines of the women. Angels were frightening enough, never mind a message about someone they had seen die being alive again. Was it possible? Was it true? Do not be afraid, the angel told them. 
in the midst of their collapsed world, in the midst of their hopelessness and despair, in the midst of their wondering about what in the world was going to happen to them next, there blazed a new light, a strong light, a light of comfort. Just when it seemed that all was lost and there was no hope anymore, just when it seemed that all their expectations had been dashed, and when it seemed that God had abandoned or forgotten his people, the Lord made it clear that such was not at all the case. After all, he's the Lord of history. He's the Lord of salvation. On that first Easter Sunday morning, the women's darkness was overcome by light. The message of the angel was true, after all. Christ had risen from the dead. Christ had conquered death. Amazing, but true. This was no hoax. No one had stolen the body. Jesus simply was alive again. This was not a symbolic rising from the dead or a parable of some sort. This was not a resurrection of an idea or an ideology, no. His was a physical, literal rising from the dead. Death could not keep him in the grave. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said, the angels told the women. Having heard the angels' message about the resurrected Christ, they hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. Two seeming conflicting emotions flooded them. And in the context of all the events of the past few days, and now with the angel's message, it all makes sense. Jesus had died, was buried, laid in a tomb. At that, the disciples' world came crashing down. And then the grave was empty and heaven's angels had a resurrection message. Of course the women were filled with fear and joy for there suddenly was a ray of hope. They hurried away, they, they didn't walk, they couldn't walk after such an encounter, but they ran to tell the disciples their joy outweighed their fear or overcame their fear. I suppose that's something of what the Apostle John teaches when he writes in 1 John four eighteen that perfect love drives out fear. The love of God for his people clearly demonstrated in Christ Jesus makes it so that joy overshadows and overcomes fear. In 1559, the Scottish reformer John Knox wrote a letter to the Queen's secretary that told all about the misfortunes which had befallen the Reformation in Scotland. He summed up his plight by writing, Disaster stares us in the face everywhere. Yet in the same letter, Knox expressed hope when he wrote at the very end, the cause of God never looked better, for now we are completely at his mercy. Eight years later, a Belgian reformer by the name of Guido de Bray, whom we know as the author of the Belgian Confession, found himself in similar position and responding as Knox had. Debray was imprisoned for his convictions, and with irons on his wrists and ankles which cut through his flesh to the bone, Debray was placed in a dark and gloomy foul-aired foul dungeon called the Black Hole. Unlike Knox, 
Debray was on death row. And he knew that he would be executed for his faith, that he would never see his wife or family again. Being in such a situation, it was perhaps logical to assume that a person would be bitter, despondent, upset, whatever. But in a letter to his wife, Debray writes, quote, Your grief and anguish, troubling me in the midst of my joy and gladness, are the cause of my writing you this letter. I pray you, my dear and faithful companion, to be glad with me and to thank the good God for all that he is doing, for he does nothing but what is altogether right and good. Amazing. From the letters written by Knox and Debray, we know that they, are, that they have similar sorts of experiences. They're caught up in dangerous times and in situations that were unsure. And no doubt being humans, they too were filled with uncertainty and fear. And yet through the working of the Holy Spirit, they were also told to not be afraid. After all, the living shepherd cares for his sheep no matter what their circumstances. Today, as we meet in our homes, isolated from one another and fearful of a virus that is terrorizing and changing the world, we cannot help but think that disaster stares us in the face everywhere. The world is a bleak and scary place, so bleak and scary we don't even dare to go anywhere. And yet in the midst of such a world, we are reminded the grave is empty. The dead Jesus is alive again. On this day, we are reminded we have a Lord who broke the power of the enemy and of death. We have a Lord who has won the victory over the grave so that death does not have the final word. We have a Lord who is king a Lord who provides for his people, a Lord who takes away or overwhelms our fears. And so we can be filled with fear and uncertainty. We can be truly afraid of the course our life is following. And yet at the same time, we can be filled with joy because we know that we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And we can have this joy, this assurance, which ultimately overcomes any fears we have, by the way, precisely because of the gospel of Easter, precisely because Jesus has won the victory over sin and death, precisely because Jesus lives. On their way out of the garden to go and tell the other disciples that they had seen and heard what they had seen and heard, Matthew tells us that suddenly Jesus met the women. He greeted them and he said, do not be afraid. And then he told them to go and tell others. Oh, their heads must have been spinning. But off they went. Afraid, yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. There was fear and there was joy at Easter. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. In the midst of this pandemic, may you hear the words of the angel 
and then of the living Lord Jesus himself. Do not be afraid. I am the living Lord. And having heard those words, may we go forth with joy amidst our fear. Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, what a wonderful gospel. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of our fears and worries and concerns, and in the midst of a dark and seemingly collapsing world, we praise you for the gospel of the resurrection. Living Lord Jesus, calm our fears, overcome our fears, and make us a joyful people. Thank you, Good Shepherd, that you care for your people always, and that we are yours in life and in death. We praise you for your love for us in Christ Jesus, and we praise you for the gift of faith. May all those who hear the wonderful message of the resurrection respond with glad hope. To you be the honor, glory, power, and praise, for you are worthy to receive it. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. A blessed Easter to all. Go in the peace of Christ. Amen.